Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we come to you this morning. Oh, God, it's so good to be in your house again this morning, oh, Lord. Father, again, we magnify, we glorify, we honor you, Jesus. God, we thank you for this blue, beautiful and glorious day that you have made. Oh, God, you alone are worthy to be glorified. And I thank you again today for thy living kindness and tender mercies upon us, O oh Lord. Uh, I thank you again for your wisdom and your knowledge and your understanding, O oh God. I thank you, Lord God, for the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost this morning. I thank you that I've been baptized in your name for the remission of my sins. I thank you, Lord, for the roof over my head, the clothes upon my back this morning. I thank you for food you have provided, O God. I thank you, Lord, for the way that you have done things. O God, I thank you, Lord God, that I trust in you and not in man again this morning, O God. I thank you again, Lord, that I know that you have all things that I have need of. Oh, God, everything that you have ever promised to me is still there for me. Lord, I can look unto you who is the author and the finisher of my faith. I know, God, in you I live and I move and I have my beings. I know, God, in you alone is worthy to be praised. I thank you for your people today, God. Lord, you see everything that we're going through. You see everything that is in every life. You know everything we face, uh, every circumstance, oh God. You know every sickness. Uh, you know everyone has been diagnosed, oh God, uh, with this virus in their bodies, oh God. Uh, you know everyone that's suffering, oh God. Uh, you know everyone that is in pain. You know everyone that has a anxiety. You know everyone that has troubled minds this morning, oh God. And I know, Lord God, that your word is forever established in the heavens above and in the earth beneath. And I know, God, there's nothing impossible for you to do, Lord God, because in you, Lord, I live, I move, I have my beings, oh God. You can speak the word, God, and your servants can be whole. You can speak the word and lift up this morning, O oh God. You that can speak the word and bring comfort and strength in every life, O oh God. Cancer is not higher than the name of Jesus. Coronavirus is not higher than the name of Jesus. Depression, oppression, anything your children are going through today, O oh God, is not higher than the name of Jesus. O oh God, I'm asking you to let your healing virtue flow today today. Let your strength and power and might uh, and wisdom and knowledge and understanding and counsel and fear and righteousness flow. Let the fruits of the Spirit uh, be in operation in every life today. Let there be love in the home. Let there be joy in the home. Let there be peace. Uh, let there be patience. Let there be gentleness and goodness uh, and faith and meekness and temperance uh, in every home today, oh God, uh, that you would comfort the feeble minds, uh, that you would trouble, uh, comfort the troubled minds uh, this day, oh God. Uh, Lord God, the waters may be troubled, uh, but when you step on board, uh, oh God, you said peace. Uh, be still, uh, and I pray, God, that the calmness and serenity uh, of you would be in every life today. <clears throat> 
that you would touch their hearts, uh, that you would touch their minds today, oh God, over these airways today. Let your word accomplish that wherein you sent it uh, and prosper in that which you please it, uh, that your children can go forth with joy and be led forth with peace, uh, that the mountains and the hills would break forth in the singing uh, and all the trees of the field would clap their hands. Uh, oh God, I thank you today uh, again and again, Lord Jesus, I praise you. Uh, I magnify you, oh God. Uh, you were wounded for my transgressions. Uh, you were bruised for mine iniquities. Uh, and the chastisement of my peace, oh Lord, is upon you. Uh, and with your scribes, God, uh, we're healed. Lord, I don't care what we go through. There's a strike for it, oh God. Uh, you have taken a scribe uh, for every situation, God. Uh, your word says that a man should not receive uh, no more than 40 stripes, 39 uh, less one, oh God. Uh, and I know that no matter what I go through, no matter what we face in life, there's a scribe for it, oh God. Uh, oh, I thank you, Jesus, again this morning. Uh, I thank you, Lord God, for your mercy. Uh, there's a stripe of mercy. There's a stripe of joy. There's a stripe of peace. There's a stripe of love. Uh, oh, God, in every place. Uh, oh, God, there's a stripe for hate. Uh, there's a stripe for bitterness. Uh, there's a stripe for rejection. Uh, there's a stripe for depression. Uh, there's a stripe for per persecution. No matter what we go through, God, you have made a stripe for it. You took a stripe for everything that I will face in my life. And I am glad I can sing of the mercies of the Lord forever with my mouth. Will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. When this day is all over, God, may your children know that you have been with them, that you have guided them, that you have led them in every place. Uh, and we thank you, Jesus, again this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Uh, praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you know this old song in your house this morning, I know I'm saved. Amen. I want you to sing it with all your heart. Get up off your couch. Get up off your chair. Wherever you're sitting this morning, grab your spouse, grab your children, and says, we've come to worship God. We've come to exalt the Lord. We've come to magnify the Lord. We've come to sing of his name. Amen. Praise God. Well, I know I'm saved. And I'm so glad about it. I found the joy my spirit craved. It is so real that I could never doubt it. Oh, praise the Lord, I know I'm saved. Oh, yes, I know I'm saved. And I'm so glad about it. I found the joy my spirit crave. It is so real that I could never doubt it. Oh, praise the Lord, I know I'm saved. 
I feel no condemnation upon my soul today. No more am I by sin enslaved. I'm walking now with Jesus along the narrow way. So happy for I know I'm saved. Oh, yes, I know I'm saved, and I'm so glad about it. I found the joy my spirit craved. It is so real that I never doubt it. Oh, praise the Lord, I know I'm saved. My soul is filled with glory I care not anymore. For pleasures of this world did pray. I'm satisfied with Jesus. My cup is running over. How wonderful to know I'm saved. Oh, yes, I know I'm saved. And I'm so glad about it. I found the joy my spirit It is so real that I could never doubt it. Oh, praise the Lord, I know I'm saved. Well, I'm going to a city, the New Jerusalem, when all the storms of life I brave. There I shall see my Savior and ever be with him rejoicing just to know I'm saved oh yes I know I'm saved and I'm so glad about it I found the joy my spirit crave it is so real that I could never doubt it oh praise the Lord I know I'm saved. Oh, yes, I know I'm saved, and I'm so glad about it. I found the joy my spirit craved. It is so real that I could never doubt it. Oh, praise the Lord, I know I'm saved. Hallelujah, God. Oh, I care not anymore of this world's uh, depraved. Oh, God, I'm walking now with you, Jesus. My cup is running over just to know that I'm saved and sanctified, Holy Ghost filled and water baptized. I've got Jesus on my mind, and I'm running for my life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm so excited about my God and my Jesus, whom I serve with my whole heart. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. I hope you know that Jesus is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you ever asked him or think of him. We just have to get into the word of God and live according to his word and hold on. Amen. It's a beautiful day today. The Bible says this is the day which the Lord hath made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. I know I'm saved. What a what a calm assurance. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
And that's one of the reasons John tells us that he has written his gospel to us is to strengthen our faith in Christ and to show eternal life. Praise God. Amen. So we want to get right back into our study again this morning, and hopefully uh, you're with us this morning online. Amen. And so we're excited about this, and we've been in First John chapter 3. Amen. First John chapter 3, and then we're going to start today in First John chapter 4. Amen. We're going to start with verse 1 through verse 4 in First John this morning, chapter 4. Now, we have been studying this book, and I'm, I'm telling you, I don't know about you, but I'm just elated about what God is exposing and bringing to my understanding, amen, uh, out of this book. You know, I love the Word of God. I read the Word of God. I try my very best to, to memorize the Word of God. I try to memorize chapters and verses and key thoughts and key themes continually uh, day by day in the Word of God. And so God is really uh, enlightening my heart, amen, through his word. And I am so thankful that I can find strength in his word. I can find comfort in his word. I can find everything that I have need of in the word of God. So I get excited no matter who's preaching, no matter who's teaching, amen, I get excited about the word of God. And I've even had some opportunities to go out online and listen to his ministers minister during the week. Uh, amen. To encourage myself in the Lord. Praise God. First John this morning, chapter four, starting with verse one through verse four. John says here, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they be of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. Ye are of the world, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. Praise God. So John, again, he is trying to enlighten us, amen, to keep us focused and keep us steadfast in the things of God. Now, if you remember, I told you the four reasons that John has told us the reason that he wrote these epistles and why he wrote this gospel. And he says that it is to add to our joy. He wants our joy to be overrunning. And the second reason he said it was is to guard us against sin. And the third reason is to guard us against false teachers. And the fourth reason is to strengthen our faith in Christ and to assure us of eternal life. Well, John's purposes is no different than the other apostles and teachers of Jesus Christ. When you read the books of the New Testament, you will find that all of them had the same four purposes for writing their gospels. Amen. Or these epistles they have written or what we call, amen, 
to us to encourage us that our joy would be full and that to guard us against sin and to guard us against false teachings. Amen. Because if we're not careful, we can forget to study and to read the Word of God and we can fall for anything. That old said, if you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. So the apostles uh, of Jesus Christ has a responsibility and they are trying to teach us the importance of things that are going to come and to try to distort or to pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ. But you and I, which have been born again of the water and the spirit, if we say that we are New Testament creatures, uh, if we say that we are born again, if we say that we have been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins and filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues uh, as the Spirit of God give us the utterance, uh, then we need to be aware of the third point uh, that John says is going to take place and that is to guard us against false teachers. And so John starts out uh, this fourth chapter. He says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, uh, but try the spirits to see if they are of God. Amen. In other words, put them to the test. Put them to the test. Now, we saw a, a few months ago, and we've been studying, we saw in First John chapter 3, verse 10, John has already told us if a person is not doing right, and if he's not loving his brother, they do not belong to God. And Jesus has already told us in John 13, 35, by this love that men will know you are my disciples. So let me give you quickly here four ways to test false teachers. Number one, the love test. We've already understood that now. If they're not loving God, if they're not loving God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, and their neighbor as themselves, they're not of God. You have got to be loved. You've got to be controlled. You've got to be moved by love. Amen. The love of God. Amen. Thou shall have no other God before me. We must love God with everything in us. Number two is the fruit test. Jesus says in Matthew 7, and we'll cover this in a few moments, you will know them by their fruit. Amen. You've got to test, have the fruit test. Number three is the doctrinal test. Are they teaching? Are they preaching? Or they stand to according to the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Jesus told us, if any man continue in his word, we will know the doctrine. We've got to know the doctrine. And the fourth test is the character test or the moral test or the holiness test. Because the Bible tells us in Hebrews uh, uh, 12, 14, to follow peace with all men and holiness Without shall no man see the Lord. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 1.16, As it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. 
So John starts out here now, he, and, and you will find constantly these four reasons that he written his epistle. He's going to go back and forth. He's going to go back and forth in every chapter to try to add to your faith, to guard you against sin, to guard you against false teachers, and to strengthen you in your faith in Christ, and to assure you of eternal life. So he says, try the spirits. None of us, mostly, I don't know, maybe not, will ever buy a car without test driving it. You go to a lot, you get to see a car you want to purchase, the first thing you're going to ask to do is to let you test drive it. You want to take it out, you want to sit in it, you want to see how things work in it before you purchase it. So you're going to test to make sure it's what you want it to be. It's the same way when you're buying furniture. When you uh, say you're going to buy a chair or you're going to buy a couch or whatever, you go to the store, you look at it, you, you determine if that's the color you want. Amen. But then all of a sudden, what do you do? You sit on it. You sit down. You see if it's going to fit you. <laughs> you see if it's what you're looking for in your life. It's the same way when you buy a bedroom suit uh, or a mattress. You want to lay on it. You want to roll around on it. Uh, you want to see if it's going to be what you want it to be and if it will meet the need that you have need of. It's the same way when you're buying a suit uh, or skirt, or a pair of pants, uh, you're going to try it on to see if it fits. Uh, amen. How you look in it. Uh, you're going to try it out uh, to see if it's the right thing. Is this me? You know, you look in the mirror. You say, uh, uh, is this really me? You know, it's what you do. That's why James tells us in James 1 that if you look into the perfect law of liberty and you continue therein and you be not a forgetful of the hearer of God's word but a doer, your deeds uh, will be blessed. Amen. You have got to look into the mirror and see if it fits, uh, as the old saying now, not a square peg is not going to go into a round hole. So you want to have these tests uh, in place so that you make sure that you are not being led astray. The, if the, the thing that you have been given, this New Testament plan of salvation, amen, you do not want to lose your salvation. Let me go deeper in this this morning. You are not always saved. I don't care who tells you that lie. You are not always saved. If you were always saved, Jesus Christ would have never told you to guard yourself against false teachers and to beware of false teachers uh, and to beware that you steadfast that no man steal your crown. Amen. You do not want to lose your crown. You do not want to live your whole life, amen, trying to be right and do right uh, and get rejected, uh, amen, at the gate that you have longed for. You want to make sure that you're trying these spirits uh, to see 
if they are of God. Amen. And it's the same way with our families. Before we take root uh, and set down in any church, we should have the knowledge and the wisdom and the understanding to see if they align with the Word of God. I had a man tell me one time, and thank God he's still in the church today. You know, he came to Okinawa when we was there, and he, he says he came to the church for one reason, to test, to see if I was preaching truth. He says he had been, you know, so confounded and so confused because so many ministers was not preaching the truth of God's Word. And so he came for one reason, to prove and to see if I was wrong. And when he got there and he realized that I was staying in the book and preaching according to the book, amen, he says, this is where I'm supposed to be and this is where my family is supposed to be. Amen. We got to stay in the book. Amen. Because this is so critical. This is so important. Amen. That we stay in the book of God's word. And so John says he wants to guard us against false teachers. Not to believe every spirit, but to try the spirit. He had already told us in the first chapter that if we walk in the light as Jesus is the light, that we will have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, would cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. So they, they knew that Jesus had told them that in the last days that false teachers would come. Let's go to Matthew chapter number 24. Matthew chapter number 24. To see if we can lay a little foundation here. Starting with verse 4. We're going to jump around a little bit here and then we'll come back. Matthew chapter 24. Starting with verse 4 and verse 5. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Notice, he gives them warning to take heed because there was going to be those that would come and try to pervert and change the gospel of God. Amen. Go down to verse 11. And many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Amen. Verse 24. Verse 24. For there shall arise false crises and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders and so much that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. 
Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even out of the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. So Jesus says we need to take heed because false teachers are going to come. Amen. And so we need to be aware of this, uh, and we need to hide it in our hearts, and we need to take heed. And so this is what John is now telling us, that in this this fourth chapter of First John, he says the Antichrist, or, or the spirit of the Antichrist, is already in the world. They are denying Jesus Christ came in the flesh. They are denying the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, therefore, we have to be able to understand the reason and the purpose for false teachers. Amen. False teachers and false apostles is designed to divert you from the truth. Amen. If they're teaching false things, it's because they do not want you to know the truth of the matter. If you ever get to the point uh, that you learn and know the truth for yourself, the enemy is not going to be able to convert you to do what is wrong. You will always live and do what is right as long as you stand fast in the faith, you hold true to the doctrine, and you don't let it go. That's why Jesus says, he that endure to the end shall be saved. Amen. He says they're going to rise up uh, and they're going to show many wonders and signs. Amen. You need to be aware what Jesus also told us in the book. Uh, amen. That we do not follow signs, but signs follow us. Amen. If someone comes to, to constantly talking to you about we need signs and miracles and wonders, yes, we need those, uh, but we don't go after those. Uh, those are the things uh, that follow us uh, as the children of God. If we are keeping our relationship with God, if we're studying and doing what God has asked of us, if we're living according to his word, these signs shall follow them that believe. Uh, they shall cast out devils. Uh, they shall speak with new tongues. Uh, they shall take up serpents. Uh, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands uh, on the sick, uh, and they shall recover. Amen. So we have been given uh, a warnings, amen, not to follow every sign and every teacher that come. John says you will know them by their, Jesus says you will know them by their fruit. You have to test them to see if they are in truth. Now Jude tells us, in Jude, the book of Jude, just before the book of Revelation, Jude begins in the first verse, Jude the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James to them that are scattered or sanctified by God, the Father 
and preserved in Christ Jesus. And call. Notice. He's a servant. And that's why the Bible says, the servants of the Lord must not strive, but they must be gentle to all men, apt to teach, patience, opposing them that instruct themselves that they by any means recover them out of the snare of the devil which has taken them captive at his will in Second Timothy chapter 2 there. Amen. So Jude says he's the servant of Jesus and the brother of James. If he's the brother of this James, that means he's also the half-brother of Jesus Christ. He goes on and says, Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and to exalt you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. Now notice Jude says they had a common salvation. All of Jesus' apostles and teachers was given the same message. They had nothing different. And that's why these four points that John is bringing out, the increase your, the add to your faith, amen, to guard you against sin, to guard you against false teachers, to encourage you and your faith in Christ, and at the same time to give you much assurance that's the same common salvation that every one of them had. And you will find it in all of their writings. You will find it in all of their teachings throughout these epistles that has been written and the New Testament book of the Bible. Amen. They all had the same thing. Amen. They all had the truth and plan of salvation. Amen. So Jude is trying to let us know here also the same for his purpose of writing this short epistle was to guard the church against immoral teachers and alarming heresies which were endangering the faith of the believers. In other words, he's calling their attention to who they are to be and to again give them warning against false teachers. He says we all had a common salvation. They all had Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promise is unto you, unto your children, unto all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Amen. This gospel, this good news the church was built upon is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But the judge says, they says, and they let you know that some have crept in unaware. There is some that has come in that has tried to change to pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, why would they want us to know about false teachers? 
Well, Jesus had already told them that false teachers was going to come. Jesus had already warned them of three doctrines. The doctrine of the Pharisees, the doctrine of the Sadducees, and the doctrine of Herod. The doctrine of the Pharisees was power and also hypocrisy. Amen. That was their doctrine. They was full of pride and filled with hypocrisies. Amen. The doctrine of the Sadducees was power and control. The Sadducees was all about power and control. You see, with the Sadducees, if Moses didn't say it or write it, they, it was not binded. They wanted power and they wanted control. And then the doctrine of Herod was the doctrine of self or selfishness or what we would call today narcissism. Narcissism and narcissists is all about themselves. That's the way Herod was. You remember, as soon as Jesus was born, Herod wanted to know where was the king that so he could say he could go worshiping, but he wanted to kill him. Anytime someone is all about themselves and is all about a narcissist's attitude, they will do everything to kill you, to prevent you from stopping them from accomplishing their agenda and their purposes. So Jesus had warned them about these false teachers and false prophets that would come. You have to understand now, the Pharisees and the Sadducees hated Jesus. They did not care for him, and it was them that put him to death. Amen. Even though the Roman soldiers nailed him, they was concocted a plan to try to put him to death. And as you see after this, this is why the church of the early church is being persecuted. This is why they're being rounded up. This is why they're being killed. This is why they're being cut but the sword. This is why they're being fed to the lines. See, they was trying to stop them from spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news. I don't know why somebody would want to stop good news. Amen. Unless they have a more dirty agenda. Praise God. And so this is why false teachers get into the midst is to pervert the gospel. Because if you can get enough people teaching false doctrine and teaching and prophesying false things that are not true, people start believing it. And after a period of time, when it does not become to fruition, people will quit. And and then people will come to their own conclusion that it's all fake and there's no hope and it's all a bunch of lies. And so people won't go to church at all. They won't have anything they want to do with Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's what the devil's agenda is, is to implant false teachers and false prophets so that the people's mind will become distorted, and as a result, they will not believe what is written in the Bible. That's why a lot of people backslide. Amen. It's because they sat and they listened to false teachers. This is why a lot of churches, amen, uh, people 
just don't believe in God. They said, oh, I used to go to church, but I don't believe it anymore. Because they sat under false teachers for so long, now they don't know truth from error. Amen. And this is the devil's agenda, is to plant, amen, false teachers. Anytime there's a man or woman of God that called themselves a man or woman of God, goes against the word of God, they're false teachers. And you need to be aware of it. And you need to pick up your purse. <laughs> you need to pick up your Bible. And you need to hit the high ground. Paul writing to the church of Galatia in chapter 1, verse 6 through verse 9. He says to them, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that will trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let them be accursed, as we have said before. So say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that which you have received, let him be accursed. Amen. See, to pervert is to change the gospel. Amen. And what it really means. See, if they can get you to not believe in Jesus Christ, that he came in the flesh. Amen. That he walked upon earth. Amen. Then they know it will destroy your mind and you will not believe. Paul says to the church in Rome, the Romans chapter 16, verse 17, Paul says in Romans 16, 17, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. Notice. So my question to us this morning is how in the world did we get so many religions from the original pattern? How did we get so many religions from the original pattern of the New Testament church? See, we was told to mark them which calls offense, I mean division and offenses, contrary to the doctrine and to avoid them. Noah, he could have deviated from the ark, the plan that God gave him, but he'd have been a fool and he'd have drowned just like everyone else. The Bible says in Hebrews eleven seven that by faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became the heirs of righteousness, which is by faith. Amen. He was moved with fear. Noah says, I'm going to build this thing the way God told me to build it. I am not going to deviate from the plans, because God knows. Noah knowed it had never rained before. Noah hadn't seen rain. Amen. But he knew what God had said. Uh, 
And as a result of that, Noah did not deviate from the plan. Moses could have deviated from the plan. Amen. If he so chose. But the Bible tells me in Hebrews 11, verse 24 through verse 27, amen, that by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the sons of Pharaoh's daughters, amen, choosing rather to suffer with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming Christ's greater riches than all the treasures in heaven, amen, in Egypt. For he had respect, what? Unto the recompense of the reward, amen. Praise God. Moses could have deviated, but he stayed with it. Peter could have deviated from the pattern, amen, but he clung to the pattern. And we, the church today, must stay with the pattern that God has given us because it is a common salvation and it's the only thing that will save us. Amen. Praise God. So we're going to be getting into this false teachers and false doctrine. Amen. Uh, this coming week. Amen. And so we want you to join us. Amen. And stay with us as we open this book. I'm telling you, God, John is doing such great things for us. Amen. And enlighten us in so many areas. Praise God in this book. So we're going to take a few minute break here. Amen. And then we're going to get right into our second part. So please continue to join with us today at 1030 at our next service time. God bless you. Let's take a break.